Hi, I'm Randy. And I'm Claire. And you're listening to Killer Vibes. A true crime podcast. (laughs) Today, I will be telling you the story of Kelsey Smith and the Kelsey Smith Act. How very exciting. I do enjoy when legislation comes out of murder. (laughs) Me too. It's the best possible ending. I agree. If someone's got to be murdered. I know. Okay, Claire. Yes. If I were to tell you that this case takes place at the most stereotypical shopping location that college-aged women are constantly made fun of (laughs) for going to with Starbucks in hand, tell me what your guess is. Can I have several guesses? You can have three guesses. Okay. Well, (laughs) Okay, it's a store. It's a store. Okay, and so I f- I just feel like we're con like uh, people like us like twenty something year old uh-huh. women are constantly just like made fun of for going, for going there. there. Oh, Target. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you guessed correctly. I was like, is it H and M or for twenty one? I don't know, but no. yes, Target is the best. It is the best, and not in this case though. <laughs> oh no. Um. Okay, so I just wanted to say that because I feel like the location and how this occurs is really scary because it just happens in broad daylight in the uh, parking lot of a Target. What? And the victim did absolutely nothing. I mean, not that victims ever do anything wrong, but she really didn't do anything unsafe or... Weird. Let's just get into it. Okay. On June 2nd, 2007... 18-year-old Kelsey Smith had gone to Target in Kansas City, Missouri to buy a present for her boyfriend because it was their six-month anniversary. Oh, cute. I know. Okay. And so this is June, and she's 18, so she's just graduated from high school. And she's still living at home, though, because it's the summer. Like, she just got out of high school, and how cute her, her yeah, boyfriend. her boyfriend. They're so cute. Okay. She like parks her car, goes in. Talks to her mom on the phone um, because her the present she was going to get is something that her mom had mentioned to her. And she was like, where in the store do I get it? Like, she's just having a conversation with her mom, which mm-hmm. is what I do when I meander oh, around Target. Yeah, absolutely. I'll call anyone. Yes. And I'll just have a conversation with them while I shop at Target. Yep. Yes. <laughs> that was one of my mom and my mom and eyes. My mom and my eyes. Oh, my God. She's going to correct my grammar. She's going to absolutely correct your grammar. Um, that was one of me and my mom's. <laughs> favorite activities to do was just like walk around Target together so Mm -hmm. I always now that I live a billion miles away from her I always call her while I'm there anyways so that's what Kelsey was doing she headed back to her car after purchasing her items and like I said she's not doing anything particularly unsafe she's not even on the phone anymore I mean she didn't even park in, like, the back of the parking lot or anything. Mm-hmm. She's just walking to her car, and she puts the items in the passenger seat, walks around to the driver's seat. When someone comes up from behind her, pretends to have a gun to the back of her head, and pushes her into the car. Oh, my gosh. And then they get into the car and drive out of the parking lot. He abducts her with her own car? In broad daylight in a Target parking lot. And it's, like, early afternoon. What the heck? And so this is just reminding me of the Suzanne Joven case so much already. hmm So nobody saw 
this happen or no because if you think about it when you're parked in a, a parking lot you know like you to get into your car you have to walk between cars so right. yeah if there was like a big car parked beside her or something like that like mm-hmm. no one's gonna see that i guess that's and true, she didn't yeah. scream because she thought there was a gun to her head right oh man oh man i hate that okay. and it's not weird for someone to be walking close to you in a parking lot exactly at a target which is like yeah. a very busy store. yeah yeah <laughs> so terrifying okay yes now Kelsey clearly did not return home that day, and she wasn't answering her phone, which made everyone worried. But they weren't worried to the point of acting on their worries immediately because, I mean, she's a good kid. She was really diligent about checking in with her parents and letting them know where she was at all times. But she's also 18, so it wouldn't have been the end of the world if she came home a little bit later than she had told them she was going to be. So... They're like, this is weird, but they're not immediately freaking out. Sure. But Kelsey had a date with her boyfriend that evening, and Kelsey clearly loved him. I mean, she went and bought this present and everything, and it was evident that it was a special night for her. So when she doesn't come home for that, her parents, her friends, her boyfriend, everyone is on edge and knows, like, something is wrong. Right. Is this the anniversary dinner that she's supposed yeah, to go on? Yeah. Oh, boy. So they call the police, and the police start their investigation at the Target. And she's 18, so she's technically an adult. But if we think back a couple episodes to the Kenya Monhe episode, I mean, is this is not... really an adult? I don't know. Well, this isn't always the response that police officers no. give. They don't always jump up and start investigating, but um, I pointed it out in the Kenya Monet episode. Kenya Monet was a Hispanic woman, and Kelsey Smith is not. So, so they probably care more about her. Number one for the racist argument, <laughs> right? Like I said, they start at the Target. Um, they think maybe something happened there because that's the last place anyone knew that she was. They find her car across the street from the Target at a different store. And the present that she got for her boyfriend is still in the car. Her wallet is in the car. Everything is in the car except for Kelsey and Kelsey's phone, which the parents took note of immediately. And there was a single fingerprint on the seatbelt. I didn't mean that they took note that she wasn't there. I meant they took note. Or that Clearly, her phone wasn't obviously there. Obviously, take note of that. Yes. It was that her phone wasn't there. Yeah, which I mean. I just realized how dumb that sounded. Right. When did this happen? What year? 2007. Oh, okay, cool. So, like, cell phones were a big deal. And not having a teenager not right. having their phone is concerning. But the fact that it wasn't in the car is like, well, maybe she has it. Yes. Maybe we can track it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Next, they turn to the surveillance footage. They have Kelsey walking into the Target. They see her talking on the phone. They don't see her have any reactions, um, I mean, interactions with anyone. Like, she doesn't stop to talk to anyone there. And then she leaves about 11 minutes later, which, like, dang, girl, she must have been on a mission or something. Yeah, right. I spend like an hour in Target oh every gosh. time I go there. I'm so inefficient when it comes to shopping at Target. 
Um, so yeah, she's in and out quickly, doesn't talk to anyone. The first time they watched the footage, the entire abducting situation was not clear on the footage. But after rewinding and replaying it, they saw something move really quickly near her. Like, it looked like a flash in Mm -hmm. the footage. But they slow it down enough to where they're able to determine a person was running up behind her. And that's all they can really see on the footage. Mm -hmm. But right after they see that flash, they see her car leave the parking lot immediately after, like really quickly. Right. So they couldn't even really discern that it was a person at first that came up behind her? Yeah, because he like ran really, really quickly up behind her. And, oh my gosh. And also, again, it's in a parking lot, so they don't have a clear view right, yeah. of her. Parking I'm sure lots. she parked by another car. So yeah. mm-hmm. their, their vision's obscured. Yes. <laughs> but they head over to the surveillance across the street where her car was. And they learn that her car appeared there two hours after it left Target and that a guy wearing a white shirt was driving. Kelsey was not in the car and he gets out and walks to the Target and then he gets into a truck in that parking lot and drives away. Your eyes just got, <laughs> your eyes just increased by their size. <laughs> just yeah. like, well, I just think that's so such a stupid thing to do to like abandon the car really mm-hmm. close to where you not a very smart abducted abductor. Yeah. someone and then get into your vehicle which you've had parked in the Target parking lot all day. <laughs> I know it's like not a smart move. No, did they pull plates from this truck? Um, no, I don't think they could. Okay. Oh, this Target needs better security cameras. Well, I mean, they can't have a security camera on every angle of the parking lot. I know. I, he, maybe he purposefully parked it where they wouldn't be able to pick up prints. I, I mean, know. he uh, doesn't plates. <laughs> he doesn't seem like a very clever person. So no, I, he I don't does know. Not. That, I just think that was dumb luck, maybe. Yeah. Or he just was very um, impulsive and maybe he wasn't planning this crime, but he saw an opportunity and took it. Right, which happens. So the cops are like, yep, that's our guy. (laughs) And they start looking at him on the Target footage from earlier that day when Kelsey was there. He walked into the Target right after Kelsey and followed her around the store, but he was being very discreet about it. Like, Kelsey would not have been able to notice she was being followed. And then he leaves the store and right when Kelsey is going to the checkout line. And I think that he, like, you know, got in position to attack her. Right. So they pull a still of his face and they, like, take the screenshot. It's not that great because he's wearing a hat and he has facial hair, but they hold a press conference and they blast this photo everywhere. He looks like he's in his 20s or 30s, about six foot tall, and he has really dark hair and a goatee. And like I said, he's wearing a white shirt, black shorts, and tennis shoes. So he just looks like any normal guy. Like, if the photo is not super clear and you can't discern particular facial features, he might, you know, look like any, like 10 people you know, a white guy with some facial hair. 
Yeah, I know a lot of people that look exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, meanwhile, Kelsey's family is taking action immediately. Her older sister and her friends start printing off photos of Kelsey and handing them out around town. And they, her dad is a police officer, so I doubt that they let him like actually be involved in the like official investigation, but right. he's like all over this because he knows how to handle this situation. And they also offer a $30,000 reward for any information leading to anything. <laughs> I was right. going to say an arrest, but at this point, they they don't know anything. Like, they don't know what's happening. They just want information in general. Other than the footage, they're kind of at a loss for where she went and what happened. So Kelsey's boyfriend suggests pinging her phone. So this is 2007, and pinging isn't a super commonly known thing yet, but his uncle worked for Sprint and told him that it was a capability that, like, everyone had at this point, even though it wasn't commonly known to right. the community. They yeah. hadn't used this in, like, as many cases as they, as they have today. Right. It's not like they had, like, a Find My Friends app. No. <laughs> so the police and most notably... Her parents are like, we have to do this because her mom, like I said, had noticed that her cell phone wasn't in the car. And she noticed that because Kelsey always had her phone. And she's positive that wherever Kelsey is, like dead or alive, her phone's probably there. So they go to Verizon and they're like, hey, can you ping her phone? She's a missing person. And Verizon tells them no. And what? they didn't say that they did not have the capability to do it. They just wouldn't do it. And Why? They never really gave a super valid reason. They, I don't know if it's that it cost too much money, if they hadn't like refined the practice of pinging yet because it was pretty new, or I'm not sure <laughs> what it was, but it took days for them to hand over the records that included the cell phone pings. There was even a subpoena, and that didn't even move the process along further quickly, at least. Oh Eventually, I mean, it was a couple of days until they turned it over. And as you know, the first 48 hours are incredibly important. That's why yes. there's a show called 48 Hours. Right. That's like the pivotal time between an abduction and a, like, a possible murder. Mm-hmm. What? Like, I know, I know, that like that's mad. so frustrating. Like the fact that money would even be an issue when it comes to a missing teenage girl. I don't like, know if that was the, the reason. Yeah, but like that's such a pathetic. If it is the reason, that's super pathetic, and it makes me want to never get a service thing with Verizon. Yeah, that's screw a, you, Verizon. I know that's honestly so inconsiderate and. Yes. I don't know why they wouldn't do it, but it and there's no amount of inconvenience that would outweigh. Yeah, the fact that there's a missing girl right. and this is what could possibly solve this case, like uh, right now. I mean, mm -hmm. that's oh boy, and they had to subpoena it. Oh my god, I can't. And this <laughs> like, it's so frustrating. And even when they did the subpoena, they didn't like respond immediately. Like it still took a little a little bit of time, of course, because they're not good. 
I hope they had a PR nightmare for that. <laughs> Me too. Well, God. we'll talk about it later. It'll come up again. So they finally get their phone records. And Kelsey's cell phone pinged off of a tower in Missouri. Now, a little bit about cell phone pings. I don't know everything, but I, it's not going to ping your exact location. It could if you were in that spot, but it's more likely that you're in a couple miles of where it pings. Yeah, because it pings off of cell, cell towers, phone towers. Yeah. And obviously cell towers aren't everywhere yeah. because, you know, like your Nokia in 2007 wasn't connected to the Wi-Fi. <laughs> so, um, or on like LTE. So right, yeah. it, w- it had to bounce off of an actual signal tower. And unless you're standing under that signal tower, they've got to look around. Yeah, there's like you. there's a, a wide area that they would probably have mm-hmm. to cover. Yeah. And I mean, they're really helpful because it narrows it down to like miles as opposed to like anywhere in the world. Yes, exactly. But, so this area where it pinged was about 30 to 40 minutes away from the target. And the location of the ping was in like a wooded area. Oh, no. And... Where you would, I mean, you'd probably go to murder someone there. So they're like, they're not feeling great about it. Yeah. And everyone's dreading this search because they know it's been days at this point and it's in a forest and they're, they kind of know what they're going to find. Yeah. And unfortunately, that day when they finally get the cell phone pings, it was nighttime. And again, it's a forest. So they didn't feel great about sending everyone out at night so they had to wait till the next morning and i cannot imagine what the family went through that night pure agony i'm sure so on june 6 2007 four days after she's missing her body is found near longview lake in missouri she had been raped her body was found fully naked And it was clear that the killer strangled her with her own belt. That's horrible. I know. Do we know who found the body? I really hope it wasn't one of her parents. I can't imagine a scenario in which they let her parents join that search. That's fair, yeah. But I don't know for sure. Okay. Um, that would be terrible. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um. But her dad's, like, a police officer, so it's probably, like, someone he knew that might have known Kelsey, too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Horrible. The police had been getting tips since the minute they broadcasted the photo of the guy at Target, but finally they got one that moved the case forward. The guy in the photo's neighbor (laughs) turned him in. And at first, the neighbor said that they laughed it off because he looked so similar to their neighbor. Um, And they even joked about it with him. They were like, hey, you look like this guy. And they, like, laughed about it. Oh, dear. But then when they released the video of the truck, which they did shortly after releasing the uh, just the still of his face, they absolutely knew it was him. They know what car he drives. Right. And it was 26-year-old Edwin Hall. He was only 26? Yeah. Did you think he was going to be older or younger? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I tend to be more trustworthy of younger males. Me too. Yeah. I guess it's just because I'm 
I am a young female and I find younger males are in my demographic and I think they're more attractive. And when an older male comes up and talks to me, I tend to be like a little bit more reserved almost. You're like questioning their intentions because they shouldn't be hitting on you. Yeah, because I'm 22 years old. And if you're 45, I'm like, okay, please leave me alone. Um, But yeah, so I don't know. It's always... It always like makes me feel strange when there, it's a really young killer, which happens frequently. It <laughs> um, does, yeah. Which you know is a bummer just to see somebody's psychological side of themselves just totally explode at such a young age. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine what we're, what's going through their heads. But anyway, yeah. So it's just always weird to me when they're younger than thirty five. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like all murderers should be like sixty. That's fair. So I don't know. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Um. <laughs> so if they're like thirty six, is it fine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's 30, just that that's my that's line the cutoff right okay. there. Honestly, that makes sense, actually, yeah. when I'm thinking about it. Right. I always picture them as, like, 40-something. Yeah, exactly. I always picture them, like, I don't know. Like, if you've ever seen Albert Fish, like, pictures of him, the creepy Ew. serial killer, I think about <laughs> him so a lot. He's really creepy, and he's older. And then I also think about the Green River killer who was caught when he was older. Maybe it's that they're all caught when they're older, but, like, and right. that's how we picture them. But really, they're, like, starting all this when they're in their 20s. Exactly. And then, I mean, you have people like Ted Bundy and Ed Kemper that started when they were younger and then got caught when still when they were mm-hmm. younger because they were dumb. But, yeah. <laughs> it's just I just always think they're older. Whatever. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> when the police arrived to arrest Edwin, he was in the middle of what I assume was him... Fleeing the state, if not the country. I don't know what his plans were, but his car was packed. And he said that his wife and his kid were going on vacation. Which, side note, don't have kids if you're going to be an awful person, because that's just gross. Yeah, and you're going to, like, scar your kid. Yeah. So, although... We had all that frustration with Verizon, which is very warranted. Um, This case really does move along pretty quickly. And they make an arrest really fairly soon after the incident. And a lot unfolds, including some awesome legislation, which is actually, even though this happened in Kansas City, is legislation in our state, Colorado, and in many states. So... We'll get to it in part two. Please join us for part two. And thanks for listening to Killer Vibes. Bye.